This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Art here. Just a heads up, today's episode contains a handful of audio glitches You'll hear them right at the start of the episode, but they do go away and, you know, then they kind of come back a little later. Uh, We tried our best to fix them, but it wasn't possible to totally remove all the glitches. So we didn't want to throw away this entire episode when most of it is honestly usable. Either way, we apologize for the inconvenience and the poor quality of the audio in this episode. Obviously, Mr. Bunker thinks someone is trying to sabotage his podcast, but... Andy and I just think that's a wild conspiracy theory. Anyway, sorry again. Enjoy the show. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the The whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Bunkers Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. Salutations, Bunk Funkers. Salutations, Bunk Funkers. Hey, Andy, it's good to see ya. Wow, Art, nice to see you too. You're looking well. Uh, you could say that again. <laughs> Art, you're looking well. Hey, Bunk Funkers, I hope you're all looking well too. Hey, because we can see you and we can tell. You're looking Andy, good. you know me, I can't lie, and... I won't say it. You're not looking well. Nope. (laughs) I am a mess in poor health. uh, None of it having to do with coronavirus. No, no corona. No, 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 no corona. (laughs) You know what, Andy? You know what that song reminds me of? Um, The Oscar Mayer commercials. My Bologna has a first name. My Bologna. No, really, it reminds me of early uh, childhood the, education, the, the of early course. early days of uh, the internet and AOL. Uh-huh. That uh, that my Sharona or my Corona video. You remember that? No. Anyway. No, Andy, it reminds me With of some e bombs world. Yeah, thing? it could have been like an e bombs world, albino black sheep, or any of those kind of sites. Huh. Not ringing a bell for me. All right. Well, I guess I didn't get the internet until I was 25 years old. (laughs) I have a feeling that was not a joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's when it first came out. That was 1992. Yeah. I got the internet when I was 25 in 1992. (laughs) Okay, Andy. Uh, No, Andy, it reminds me of the summer. 
Oh. And you know what the summer is? It, the summer is going to the beach. Oh, is it ever? Is it ever? And today's topic is going to take you bunk funkers and us to the beach. Right. But, A beach from which you might never return. That's right. Uh, this is not, we're not going there, Andy, to lube ourselves up and get a tan. We're not going there to run slowly and let our breasts and pecked muscles bounce in the slow motionness of if the beach. If these things happen while we're at the beach, they happen, but that's not the reason we're going. We're not going there to have a seagull take away our french fries or a tiny dog pull our swimsuits down, exposing our untanned butts. Right. We're going there to sleuth, Andy. We're sleuthing! Because today's topic, we're discussing the Indiana Dunes disappearance. Yes, that's right. Uh, the mysterious case of three disappearing women. Um, <laughs> not in, in a magician sense. Yeah, not in a magician sense. In a in the sense that they went to the Indiana Dunes State Park, <laughs> the national park now, and they disappeared. They never came back. That's right. Uh, this is an unsolved mystery, a little true crime for you. A little bit of a local Situation for us here in true. the Chicago area. This happens on the shores of Lake Michigan. True. Very true. And uh, has a lot of connections to some uh, north northwest suburbs of Chicago mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to give you all that hot beach action uh, in a minute. Because Well, here's the thing. If you want to get to all that hot beach action. Right. If you can't wait to put on your swimming trunks, you can't wait to get yourself a Nathan's hot dog. If you're ready to, if you're ready to shout beach blanket bingo, <laughs> you could just check the show notes. If you're There's... ready to say, I hate sand, <laughs> it gets everywhere. Of course, don't like it, Padme. Uh. Uh, you can look in the show notes. Go ahead. We'll give you a second. Go look in the show notes. There will be a timestamp. You follow that timestamp, you will go directly to the research because first, Andy and I, we're going to do a little intro bit that has nothing to do with the topic. Right. <laughs> totally unrelated yeah. to the topic, but very important. Y- yes. It's an important part of our repertoire. We have to talk about how Mr. Bunker abducted us this week and brought us to the bunker so that we can deliver you the whole enchilada on the Indiana Dunes disappearance. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what. That's part of the enchilada. Now, Andy, you were telling me earlier that you had a wild time. <laughs> I mean, you, your abduction story, bar none. Probably the most elaborate uh, that's ever happened. Uh-huh. Um, Art? Yeah. You better believe a pig like me loves a good buffet, huh? Yeah, sure. I've been avoiding buffets. Oh. As of the Corona shit yeah. going on, but yeah. uh, not not me. Uh, who doesn't love a buffet? Not me. I don't avoid them. <laughs> I steer. I steer into it. Yeah. Um, because I found one of the best in Illinois. Oh, really? Maybe one of the best in the world. Uh huh. This is a place called Ita Las Vegas. The whole concept is that it's a a Vegas style buffet where they faithfully recreate Las Vegas's best dishes. It's all you can eat. It's all you can eat. It's all you can eat. That's a that's what buffet means. Yeah. Now, now I famously have never been to Las Vegas. 
Um, famously. Maybe, mainly because uh, of my inability. That's one of their taglines. <laughs> right. Famously never. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And also famously, Andy Hart has never, never been, been here. here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, mostly uh, I've never been because of my uh, inability to ever have disposable income. Um, <laughs> but look. Look, despite all the secrecy, I've heard of Las Vegas. I know people who've been there. Sure. I've seen it on you're TV. Looking, I know what goes on there. You're looking at one. I know what goes on there. So I go to eat a Las Vegas, right? Yeah. And, you know, they have, it's like, it's like, it feels like a mile of buffets, you know, like the steam trays go on as far as the eye can it see. It just in this never place. ends. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, they got everything. It's like, there's a big, uh, there's, there's hot appetizers. There's cold appetizers. Oh, wow. There's salads. Oh, wow. Hot and cold. There's hot salads and cold salads. Hot salads, yeah. Hot German potato salad, as much as you can eat. Uh, there's gross. There's entrees. There's a carving station. Oh wow! Thick cut steaks, as thick as you want them. Oh wow! Prime rib, off the bone. Uh huh. On the bone. Wow. In your bone. <laughs> you could get it any way you wanted, Art. Desserts coming out the wazoo. Uh, a chocolate fountain. Oh wow. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. Wow. Just spurting all over in the back of this buffet. Yeah. So, you know, I go in uh, and I always do the same thing. You know, I say uh, one, you know, plate. I always go by myself. Of course. Uh, and I make about 14 trips up and down this thing. Um, you know, I like to start... Uh, you're almost burning enough calories to counteract all the plates are right exactly i mean now now any smart buffet goer will tell you like sure. the thing that you want to do is you want to you know the way the buffet is set up it's set up to for failure for right. your failure right they want you to fill up on bread they want you to fill up on salad that stuff's cheap but no you go right for the middle go right to the carving station i say give me three prime rib i load the plate up three whole prime ribs That's right. three whole prime ribs wow that's what i start with uh, and then once you've had your fill of that, then you start working your way out. Uh, you know, you gotta start small. Right, right. And this free old prime ribs is like a tapas to you. Right, right. That's tapas. That's, that's finger food. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, uh, 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 that wets your whistle, you know, uh, yeah, that gets sure. the blood flowing. Okay. So, or it gets the arteries clogged as well. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm in there and, uh, right. you know, they, uh, they're, uh, they got a special, um, going on, uh, the day that I, you know, when I went in there uh -huh. uh, and it was a uh, whole carved turkey. Wow. Do you like turkey? No. Oh, cool. I really don't. So it's very boring meat. So they got, they got the whole, they got a whole, like it's a, it's like one of these laundry carts full of like cooked turkeys and Wait. they're just popping them up and carving them on the carving table. Oh, so much turkey. That's so gross. Turkey as far as the eye can see. And they that's got, disgusting. they got, uh, they got like a big, like, a uh, fountain of uh, turkey gravy. Um, you know, some sometimes it's like it's messy because there's giblets in it. I heard you tried to have one of those installed in your house. Yeah, I I asked for that right in your bedside table. Yeah, I asked for that, but the uh, health department shut it down. Um, they couldn't get the the tubing clean enough. Food grade tubing. That's a whole problem with the building. I'm suing. I'm suing. It's fine. It'll get resolved. Um, so there's this whole. There's this whole turkey gravy fountain. There's a moat full of mashed potatoes. Oh, wow. I mean, they got all the trimmings. They're here. doing like a little castle thing. Huh? Yeah, it's beautiful. And so I'm like, you know what? I walk up over there. I'm like, okay, let me set one prime rib back uh, and I'll get some of this turkey because 
I love turkey. And I'm like, okay, you know, give me give me a breast, give me a leg, uh, give me the whole thigh, give me a wing. Um, okay. You've, uh, that's about a half of a turkey. Yeah, I get about a liter of gravy, and I get a plate full of mashed potatoes, and I go back to the table, and, uh, you know, I start to eat the, the turkey first because, I mean, it's like Thanksgiving, you know? Uh, this turkey is, is delicious. It is succulent. It's moist. It's hard to do with a turkey. Uh, it has the breast meat. has the crispy skin on it even. Uh, I mean, this turkey is cooked to perfection. The Las Vegas scores again. Wow. Uh, and so I decide this turkey is delicious, so... Uh, I want to get some more. Okay. Uh, the gravy's getting a little congealed, so I chug that. We'll go back up. Uh, I get another, another, I get the other half of the turkey, basically. Uh, and another liter of gravy. I come back. Uh, I'm starting to really feel loggy at this point, you know? Feel what? Loggy. Like, I'm slowing down. Oh, okay. Uh, that turkey must have had some tryptophan in it. That was definitely it. Uh, not the fact that you ate an entire turkey. turkey. Yeah, I mean, I've got the sweats. I mean, my like, breathing is labored. Like, there was a lot of tryptophan in this turkey. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, like, that's all that tryptophan. Yeah. yeah. I'm having trouble, like, I mean, I'm having trouble seeing straight. Like, I'm hallucinating. That's what happens when you eat turkey. So, you know, I'm, I'm eating the second plate of turkey, and I just, I, I think I just pass out. Like, I must have just passed out right Wow, face down and right into the potatoes. I needed a nap. Um, right into the potatoes. So I wake up. Um, when I wake up, um, I'm in a hospital, and um, a nurse comes in, and I'm like, what happened? And she goes, oh, you had a massive heart attack. And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, can I speak to the doctor? Oh, Jesus Christ. And so the doctor comes in. Uh, you hear that, nurses? <laughs> well, I mean, clearly. Yeah. I mean, I had a heart attack. Yeah, Give yeah, me yeah. a break. Yeah, I know. It was so, tryptophan. Right. It was tryptophan. Like, I know. I, I, okay. Took a nap. Like, it's precautionary. Yeah. So the doctor comes in. He's like, you had a, you had a heart attack. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I needed a nap because I ate too much turkey. <laughs> he's like, no, you, you were critically... Uh, arteries like 98% blocked. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, okay. These quacks. Uh, is Can I get a second opinion? Can and I see the, can I see the CEO of the hospital? Yeah. And so he okay. says, he says, okay, I, I will, you know, dutifully have another doctor come and look at you. So another doctor comes in and clearly this is a doctor is concerned about you know, the whole coronavirus thing. He's got the surgical mask on the whole time. Yeah. Um, he's got like, he's covered head to toe in scrubs. He's got his coat on. Um, and he's, he's a mumbler though. Uh, he's kind of a mumbler. Like I can't tell what he's saying, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he says he doesn't agree with, he talks I, like how his handwriting looks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The gist of it is he doesn't agree with the diagnosis. He's, he's going to transfer me to another hospital. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they load me up onto an ambulance and kind of a red flag, but okay. Why? Do they do that? Yeah, sure. More Trans tests. To other hospitals? Yeah. I mean, he, clearly this was a bad hospital. Okay. Um, clearly they don't even know what tryptophan is. Right. They never heard of eating turkey before. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. So they load me up onto this ambulance and the ambulance just drove to the bunker and it turns oh. out that the mumble doctor was bunker. Mumble doctor was bunker. Yeah. Well, you should have known when he was wearing a coat. 
Yeah, well, this and this abduction. You see a could, doctor walk in with a Canada goose jacket. You're like, what's going on? Where'd this guy come from? This Up abduction the pisses me off too because I got all these stitches now in my chest. I mean, I'm all for the realism of the abduction, but give me a break. You didn't have to like trick me like this. Actually, cut open your chest, break your fucking sternum. Yeah, my sternum hurts real bad. And then uh, do something to your heart. Clearly, they put a pacemaker in. I can see it through the skin. <laughs> you look like Tony Stark, dude. Yeah. You're uh, you're uh, more like uh, uh, I got one, Tony Starch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't make me laugh too hard. I'm getting lightheaded. Oh, geez, that boy. You gotta hey, pace yourself, Andy. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go lay down for a minute. All right, you lay down, Andy. I'm gonna tell listeners how you get abducted about uh, my abduction. You know, Andy, with all this, uh, uh, you know, Andy, as you know, Andy, I love music festivals. <laughs> That's probably the number one thing about you is that you love music festivals. But not the kind of music festivals you go to, Andy. You know, these are ones where uh, geriatrics are uh, hanging out on park blankets and, you know, you're, you're fucking breaking hips. You listen to old people music is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I see. I thought you meant yourself. No, Andy, that's the kind of shit you love. Yeah, you go into these ones where teens are doing drugs. Yeah, baby. I go to the hip festivals in the desert. Yeah. I'm talking Burning Man, mm-hmm, Coachella, mm-hmm. Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, uh, and so many more. Yeah, uh, you've been to them all. And you know me, Andy. Oh, I do. You know, I love to go to these festivals, and mm-hmm. I love to work on my hula hoop skills. <laughs> Do you ever? I love grooving and just wandering through the festival without a care in the world for whoever is around me. Right. And I love shaking my rump and my abnormally large hips. Yeah. Because I just love hula hooping, and I don't do like normal hula hooping either. I'm doing, I'm, I'm moving the hula hoop over my head. Right. You're doing, doing it with your hands, I'm not just your hips. Through it, you know me and. I'm looking good. You know, I'm wearing my Daisy Dukes. I'm wearing my crop top tank top. I'm looking great, dude. I mean, I've got my hair in like this weird, I've got dreads in my hair. As you normally do. uh, I've got beads. Mm -hmm. I've got like rainbow bracelets and stuff. Right. Unfortunately, with coronavirus, Andy, a lot of my regular fests have been closed. Mm, That's terrible. As you know, I... You know, I really like to go to these festivals and work on my hula hoop. Oh, yeah, skills. of course. Then I hear low-key. I hear word of this uh, this new super low-key fest called Bunkadunk 2020. <laughs> Bunkadunk? Yeah, Bunkadunk. Ugh. They all got these fun names. You wouldn't get it because yeah. you're going to, like, the Beach Boys 50th anniversary festival. Yeah, right. You, you go to things with practical names. I go to things where you have no idea whether you're going to a music festival or, you know... Some kind of cult meeting or something. What's the difference? Sometimes? What's the difference, really? It's got a great Truly. lineup. Yeah. What? Who's playing? Oh, uh, all my favorites. The weekend is going to be there. Wow. Uh that's it. Oh, uh, Billie Eilish is going to be there, wow. dude. Really cool. Uh, someone named Mendez, Sam Mendez, or something. <laughs> you know, real popular. Uh yeah. You don't sound like you know a lot of these. Da Baby's gonna be there. Da Baby. Yeah, Da Baby, famous new hot rapper on the charts. Oh. 
on the charts. Post Malone's going to be there. Wow. And so many more young people acts. I'm very excited for this. And so, yeah. anywho, I show up with my high-waisted Daisy Duke shorts, and everyone can see my hot thigh tattoo of an American traditional Garfield. So I'm doing all my classic moves. Hoopy twists, I'm doing shakers, flippy oh, yeah. flappies, rammy shammies, little twisties, spinny spannies, all my favorite hula hoop moves. Right. And I'm drawing a crowd. Yeah, sure. Anyway. I bet. Out from the crowd walks fucking Mr. Bunker. Wow. Can you believe this? He's dressed like a classic Lollabro. I'm talking mid-calf, socks, Jordans, a tank top that says Toon Squad on it, ironically. Toon Squad? Yeah, he's got a uh, Space Jam. He's doing like a Space Jam thing going on. And then on. he's got like, you know, his shorts that cut off just above the knee. He's, he's sun's out, gun's out, because as we all know, Bunker's buff. Bunker's buff. He's got a backwards cap. He's got a camel pack on. Mm -hmm. And suddenly he takes me and he shoves me in his camel pack. It's full of raspberry Smirnoff. Okay. Chased with magic mushrooms. Oh. Anyway. He shoved you into he it? He shoved me in his camel pack. <laughs> so he brings me to the bunker and he drinks me whole <laughs> and spits me out. Oh my God. You know what, Andy? The worst part of all of it. After Did he drink you through the camel pack? Through the camel pack. Uh. Which, you know. I looked like a giant dead capybara moving through an anaconda's body. Right, yeah. Uh, after, you know, I calmed down from the Smirnoff and the magic mushrooms, you know what the worst part was? I didn't even get to fucking see Imagine Dragons, dude. Yeah. They were headlining. Damn. And I threw up on someone's shoes. <laughs> was it mine? Are they those big brown ones? Oh, fuck! <laughs> God damn it! I'm sorry. This is why I don't go to these festivals. Fuck. Andy, I need to do my hula hooping. I got puke on my shoes. Well, it's mostly dry heave. I didn't eat much. Why couldn't you just puke in the open face toilet? It was full of puke. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. We need to clean it up from the last time. I got to calm down. I'm getting lightheaded again. <laughs> wow, bunkfuckers, we are... We're not doing so hot. Been We're not rough, doing so hot. Rough day in the bunker. We're having a rough day. But you know what? Eh, not the best segue. Anyway, <laughs> I'll do it. It was a rough day that day during the Indiana Dunes disappearance. Oh, jeez. Is that too bad? Is that a bad segue? <laughs> I guess it's not. It's not the worst I ever heard. I mean, they were having a rough day. That's, yeah. We don't know what happened. But we're going to uncover it. Yeah. We're going to take you through... All the facts, all the sleuthing that was done for and, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about the main uh the main uh Andy. Uh, what I'm looking for you. Hypotheses? Hypotheses on what happened to them. But anyway, Andy, let's get in our buggy. We're gonna get into the bunk tech bunky bugger. Bunk 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 bunky bunker. Rubber baby bunk tech buggy bumpers. <laughs> And we're going to go right over there right now, right here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Art! The beach! The beach! I'm 
leaving. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I actually, I do enjoy the beach. I do. Uh, I like taking on my shirt and showing off my hot bod. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I enjoy the beach. I like, you know, I like the beach on the off hours. Like, you know, like uh, end of August, September, when it's just starting to, like, it's, it's when the sun is starting to go down and it actually gets kind of cool and nice. Yeah. Um, my other favorite thing is picking out hypodermic needles out of my feet. Yeah. Uh, that's a great part about Chicago beaches. You yeah. get so many free needles. So much trash. Um, I like just hanging out. I like playing games in the beach. I like walking on the beach. I don't like eating. I don't like eating in the hot in sun. Oh. I'd rather eat in, indoors. Mm. But I love the beach. Fresco Diner. I've grew I grew up on a lot of beaches. Yeah. Spent a lot of time. Yeah. On the beaches of uh south southwest Florida. Wow. So uh I like the beach. All right. Well let's like uh swim. <laughs> it's very nice, Art. Fucking try me. Okay. I'll try you. That's very nice, Art. A lot of lot of great things. Try there. and drown me. See what happens. But you know what's you know what's uh you know what's even better than all that stuff? Hmm. Beach sleuthing. Oh my god. <laughs> Now you OG bo- bunk funkers know that we love good sleuths. God, do we love them. Especially citizen sleuths, huh? We also pledged our allegiance to citizen sloths. <laughs> well, today we're retracting our claws from this tree stump and taking our coarse, dingy fur across state lines. We're headed to Indiana, the crossroads of America. Yeehaw. Uh, specifically, we're sleuthing at the Indiana Dunes, a national park on the shores of Lake Michigan in, you guessed it, Indiana. Mm. We're putting our detective caps on and smoking pipes because today we're examining the disappearance of three women from the Indiana Dunes Park. These three friends took off for the dunes one hot July weekend and never returned. Their whereabouts remain a mystery to this very day. Andy, grab your tweed cape and your revolver, which I thought I took that away from you. Anyway, let's get to sleuthing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they can pry my revolver from my cold, dead fingers, Art. Oh, God. Oh. The thing is loaded. Ah, <laughs> uh, but where to begin this tale of intrigue for our hungry bunk funkers? Well, elementary, my dear Artson. <laughs> okay. Let's start at the very beginning. A very fine place to start. The year was 1966. Batman and Star Trek debuted on the TV. Vietnam protests rocked the globe. And infatuation with the miniskirt continued unabated. As for me, I was gainfully employed as a bail bondsman apprentice and celebrated my 10th wedding anniversary. Wow. What a year. What a year. On Saturday, July 2nd, 1966, in the early morning hours, 21-year-old Ann Miller left her home in the Chicago suburb of Lombard, driving her 1955 Buick. What a car, Art. Those 55 Buicks could get 40 rods to the hogshead, and that's the way we liked it. Anne drove to suburban Westchester, Illinois, to pick up her friend, 19-year-old Patty Blau. The pair then headed to Chicago's West Side to pick up their mutual friend, 19-year-old Renee Brule. The friends headed to a drugstore to buy some suntan lotion, then headed east to the Indiana Dunes. The women arrived at the park around 10 o'clock in the morning. Temperatures were already climbing and the park was bursting with people. Reportedly, there were about 8,600 people at the park that day. And Patty and Renee found their spot uh, a little bit from the shore under the shade of three poplar trees. 
This all sounds like a good day at the beach so far to me. Unlike my adventures, though, this day at the beach did not end with me saving the local community center from demolition by winning a gnarly surf competition where I outsurfed the son of a wealthy but heartless real estate developer who wanted to turn the community center into a strip mall with a Ruby Tuesday and a California pizza kitchen. Hang 10, my dudes. Keep it radical. Nice, dude. Near dusk, a couple from Chicago, Mike Yankaske, blah, 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 blah. Yankasala. Is that Yankasala? Yankalasa. Yankalasa. What a uh, buddy. Sorry. Near dusk, a couple from Chicago, Mike Yankalasa and Francis Cicero, close enough, stopped tongue kissing long enough to flag down Bud Connor, a ranger at the park. Mike and Francis tell Bud that the women under the poplar trees earlier were gone and left all their stuff there. And they left quite a lot of stuff. They left a yellow robe, a pair of sunglasses, a transistor radio, a white print towel, a wallet containing $5, a thermos bottle, denim shorts, shoes, a polo shirt, white bathing cap, a comb, a large towel, more shorts, a blouse, cigarettes, suntan lotion, 25 cents, and a pocketbook containing $55 in checks. Whew! And I thought all you needed for the beach was the smallest swimsuit you own and a winning smile. <laughs> well, our Mark and Francis go on to tell Bud that they saw the women in the water around 12 p.m. when a blue and white boat pulled up and the girls started talking to the pilot, a.k.a. the captain. The boat was described the same way people describe our hogs, 14 or 16 feet long with an outboard motor. Mike and Francis reported that the women boarded the boat but never returned to the beach. Bud didn't find much suspicious with this story, though. Apparently, it was not unusual for good-looking young hunks to drive their big old boats up close to the shore, looking for young ladies willing to go for a ride, if you know what I mean. Ranger Connor assumes that the afternoon boating adventure turned into a moonlight cruise. He gathers up the women's belongings and takes them to the office of Park Superintendent William Svetik. Both Connor and Svetik assumed that the women would come to the office soon, looking for their stuff. But come, they did not. Was that Howard Cosell? I guess. <laughs> Had to look up who that was. Oh. <laughs> anyway, on Monday morning, July 4th, the United States Independence Day. Ever heard of it? Superintendent Svetik gets a call from Howard Blow, Patty Blow's father. Uh, Harold, sorry, not Howard, Harold Blow. Harold tells him that his daughter and her two friends have been missing since their trip on Saturday. Svetik then realizes. Well, there's more to this story than he bargained, and he calls the Indiana State Police. Sergeant Edward Burke is assigned to the case and arrives at the dunes to investigate. He immediately orders a Coast Guard search of the southern end of Lake Michigan, checking for any sign of Anne, Patty, and Renee, or the boat. It was a big task, though. The Coast Guard estimated that there were between 5,000 and 6,000 boats near the park that weekend. The next day, Tuesday, July 5th, Sergeant Burke organizes search parties to comb the park area and the shoreline east of the park, all the way to Michigan City, Indiana, on the Indiana-Michigan border. That night, Sergeant Burke assigned someone to do my dream job. Nighttime dune buggy beach patrol, mm -hmm. baby. Oh, yeah. One day. Coincidentally, nighttime dune buggy beach patrol is a Baywatch spinoff show that I created, Andy. Check out the oh, spec scripts yeah. for the first eight seasons plus two full-length feature films on my website, comediadelarte.com. Yeah, you've uh, 
I'm just trying. Sorry for the plug. I'm just yeah. trying to. You, you know, shared those scripts with me a lot. They're good. Yeah. They're hot. Yep, they are. They're sexy. They're something. Yep. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> Sergeant Burke ordered a dune buggy to patrol the Lake Michigan shore that night in case any bodies washed up. But despite the patrol, nothing was seen. The next day, Wednesday, July 6th, Burke ordered the search parties to focus their attention west of the park, all the way to Ogden Dunes. The westward search was decided after a tip was received from two men from South Holland, Illinois, and a couple from Indianapolis, Indiana. These folks said they saw three women get into a boat piloted by a man in his early 20s with dark, wavy hair, wearing a beach jacket. The tipsters were later able to positively identify Anne, Patty, and Renee as the women they saw after being shown their photos. The tipsters said after the women boarded, the boat headed west. Later in the day, boat wreckage washed ashore about three miles west of where the women were last seen. The debris washed up near the Bailey Generating Station of the Northern Indiana Public Service Co., or NIPSCO. The generating station has an intake crib about a quarter mile out in the lake. There was some speculation that perhaps the boat fearing the women crashed into the intake crib and broke apart. Unfortunately, though, no reports were made of any missing boats. Also during the day, a Civil Air Patrol plane flew over the area. The plane did not find any evidence shedding light on the trio's fate. On Thursday, July 7th, the search efforts continued and would carry on for a week before being halted. During the week, the Coast Guard checked every boat on the shores of Lake Michigan in Illinois, Indiana, and Southern Michigan. Scuba divers were dispatched to search the lake bed and the intake crib. The local sheriff's department checked some 250 cabins in the area. Air support was provided by two Army helicopters, one Coast Guard airplane, and one Coast Guard helicopter. The Civil Air Patrol had four planes in the air at a time, searching the lake uh, south of a line from Chicago, Illinois, to New Buffalo, Michigan. Tips about the disappearance began to flood in. Detectives fielded claims the women were seen in Wisconsin, they were seen in Illinois, Michigan. Some people who were at the park that day claimed they saw the women get on a boat with two or three men. A man who was shooting some home movies that day at the lake. Maybe homemade pornography, we don't know. It's not confirmed. This man came forward with the film he shot, panning the beach area where the women were last seen. Using this film and other tips, police narrowed their search to two boats, a 16 to 18-foot Marion runabout and a 26 to 28-foot cabin cruiser. The boat pilot in the film even appeared to match the witness description of the boat pilot seen talking to Anne and Patty and Renee. The film shows three women wearing the same color bathing suits as Anne, Patty, and Renee. And in the film, the women resembling Patty sit in the front with the pilot, while Anne and Renee sit in the back. Robert Blass, an attorney from Gary, Indiana, said he saw the cabin cruiser a few hours after the women were seen getting aboard the Trimaran. Other witnesses claim to have seen the women on the beach walking around and getting food after they were seen by other witnesses boarding the trimaran. Police began to consider the possibility that the women boarded the smaller sailboat with one man, then were dropped off back at the beach, only for the boat pilot to return later with friends in the cabin cruiser. This could help explain why witnesses disagreed about the number of men aboard the boat. Witnesses say they saw the cabin cruiser, which was the same as the condom's art and eyewear, a 26-foot Trojan. Uh, witnesses saw the cabin cruiser come close to the shore with three men aboard. One man came out of the boat and up to the shore. The man talked to three women who fit the description of Anne, Patty, and Renee. 
The women then got into the boat, and the boat headed out into the lake. Witnesses further reported that the boat had a radio antenna, but did not have a name on the stern. The Coast Guard talked to three men who claimed they were at the park in their boat July 2nd, and they tried to pick up three women. They said the women were standing in chin-deep water and declined the offer because one said she was married. Hey, Renee Brule was married. That's true, Art. Despite this coincidence, though, this lead, and many others, ultimately went nowhere. At one point, the police even received a letter from a spiritualist in Montana who claimed they had a vision of the location where the missing women's bodies were buried. The letter was kind of forgotten about, but police finally looked into it in 1987 and even found a location matching the psychic's description. They dug for bodies, but this lead turned out like plenty of others in that it brought police no closer to solving the mystery. Police determined that the best lead they got was the very first one they got. Without useful tips to steer them in the right direction, police turned to investigating the lives of the women, searching for any clues that might help them piece together what happened. Police learned that the women were horseback riding enthusiasts. Uh, Patty even owned a racehorse named Hank. Before Hank, Patty owned a saddle horse that was stabled at the same place as Anne's horse. In fact, that's how Patty and Anne got to know each other. Renee was a high school classmate of Patty, but she was just as part of the trio as the other yeah, two were. She, you, know? Yeah. you know, just because she was the high school classmate. Right. The other two she, had this horse riding connection. It's like they're all still friends. Right, right, right. Renee's not third wheeling here. Yeah, she's. But anyway, police also talked to the relatives of the women. Harold Blau uh, believed that the women had been abducted. He told police that Patty was a newspaper reader and if they had just run off, she would have seen the big response to her disappearance and made contact with her family. He also felt that if the women planned to leave the beach that day, well, they would have taken more belongings with them. Harold told police that Patty would never have run out on Hank. Harold was a lieutenant colonel in the Illinois Civil Air Patrol. Even after the official law enforcement search stopped, he continued conducting personal air searches, flying in a private plane. He took aerial photos of the area, hoping to find any inconsistency that might aid in the investigation. While Patty's dad suspected foul play, Renee's dad thought the women left the beach voluntarily and were too afraid to come back after seeing all the trouble their disappearance caused. For what it's worth, Sergeant Burke also believed the women left the beach voluntarily, even if he didn't necessarily believe they weren't returning voluntarily. Does that even make sense the way I said it? <laughs> they left the beach voluntarily, but maybe were being held against their will or that something bad happened to them. Like they died. Yeah. Well, you wrote, That's what I'm, you sound like something I would write. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you get it. That's, I get it. Okay, I, I, I get, get it. it now. Yeah. Okay. They, they, uh, some bad happened. To them. Yeah. That's the, wait, Sergeant Burks, they left the beach on their own, but they maybe aren't returning because they not by choice. They're not able to. Right. Yeah, yes, yeah, you said it. I get it. Okay. So what could have happened to Renee Brule, Patty Blau, and Ann Miller? Bunk Funkers? Let's start with maybe the most obvious possibility. They drowned. If these women were the same approached by the boat or the Coast Guard found, who said they were standing in chin-deep water, it's entirely possible they got sucked off by the Lake Michigan currents and pulled under. Law enforcement didn't find this possibility so compelling, though. Patty and Renee were both described as strong swimmers, while Anne was described as a fair swimmer, which, I don't know, feels like a slight to me, frankly. Uh, the park superintendent's FedEx said he was, quote, 
90% sure they were victims of accidental drowning, end quote. Sergeant Burke, though, didn't think the women drowned and also didn't think they were the victims of a boating accident. If they didn't disappear due to an accident, maybe these women disappeared deliberately. Maybe they were running away. While Sergeant Burke didn't believe the women drowned, he did believe that the women may have staged a drowning accident as a cover to escape their lives. But why? Well, during the investigation, police found that all three women had personal problems that might have pushed them to make a getaway. Renee's purse contained an unmailed letter she had written addressed to her husband of 15 months, Jeffrey. The letter was written two weeks before Renee disappeared. The letter suggested that Renee wanted to leave Jeffrey because he was spending too much time with his friends working on hot rod cars. Well, that's the same reason your second wife left you, isn't it, Andy? It is, Art. But I don't regret a thing. I'll tell you the same thing I told Charlene. Please, for the love of God, don't leave me. I'll change anything. I'll change everything. I'm so pathetic. I'll have nothing without you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, uh, uh, well uh, Andy has to go clean up. Unlike Charlene... <laughs> Renee's ultimatum was never delivered. Well, the reason is unknown. Police questioned Jeffrey and they questioned Renee's family. Nobody thought they were any marital problems. Renee's family said she probably wrote the letter in a moment of frustration, then decided not to send it and probably just forgot it was even in her purse. Patty's friends told police that a few months before the disappearance, Patty had a mark on her face that looked to be caused by a fist. Patty told her friend she was in trouble with some syndicate people, which is probably a reference to a horse racing syndicate. Patty also told her friends she was going to leave and no one would find her. Police were interested in Patty's boyfriend as a suspect, not romantically, an ex-convict and rodeo cowboy, John Paul Jones. Jones spoke to police and confirmed he and Patty had a romantic relationship, but he denied knowing Patty's whereabouts. And according to her friends, was three months pregnant and considering entering a home for unwed mothers. Clearly, the women had some reasons to maybe want to disappear, but reports of sightings of the women didn't actually lead police to them. So let's talk about foul play. Patty's friend said she claimed to be having problems with syndicate people. There's reason to believe that the women could have fallen in with some pretty nefarious people involved in the horse trade. The women often rode horses at the Tricolor Farms riding stables in Palatine, Illinois. Tricolor Farms was owned by a guy named George Jane. George Jane was a criminal, sure. He was convicted of tax fraud. But as a criminal, he pales in comparison to his brother, Silas Jane. Silas owned his own stable in Park Ridge, Illinois, where he specialized in buying low-quality horses and selling them at a big profit to unwitting parents trying to get their daughters into championship horseback riding. Silas even bragged to his confidants about molesting some of the girls training at his stable. And if that's not bad enough, Silas allegedly committed a host of other crimes, too. He was convicted of rape when he was 17. He was also convicted of conspiracy in connection with the murder of his brother, George, after contracting multiple hitmen. Silas also was allegedly, though never convicted, involved in the cover-up of the murder of three teen boys from Chicago. The murders were committed by a man named Kenneth Hansen, who was an employee of Silas's. The murders also allegedly happened at Silas's stable. 
Silas is suspected to have helped Hansen dispose of the bodies in a nearby forest preserve. A few months after the murders, the barn where the boys were killed burned down in a suspected, but never proven, arson. So I guess you could say that, well, Silas Jane had a, he was a pretty terrible person, right? I guess that's putting it mildly, but yes. putting it mildly. Yeah. So how does he connect to the disappearance of Anne, Patty, and Renee? Well, we already mentioned that these women like to ride horses at George Jane's Tricolor Farms. One day, George asked an, asked an employee at Tricolor Farms to move his car for him. The employee was killed when a car bomb planted on the vehicle exploded. Is it possible that one or more of the disappeared women saw the car bomb being installed? Well, there's some light evidence here, but... Both Silas and George's phone numbers were found in the women's possessions recovered from the beach. Also, Silas allegedly told law, law enforcement at one point that he had three bodies buried on his property, a claim that was never investigated. A little more speculative is the allegation that a guy named Ed Nedfield, uh, Nedfield who was also convicted of conspiracy in the murder of George Jane, may have carried out a hit on the three women. Allegedly, Netfield made a claim against his insurance two days after the disappearance, claiming his boat was destroyed in a fire. While Silas Jane is a popular suspect in this case, clearly he's not the only one. Dick Wiley is a former photographer and crime reporter for the Gary, Indiana Post-Tribune and the Chicago Sun-Times. He was one of the first members of the press at the dunes after the disappearance. After doing extensive research, Wiley has his own hypothesis. According to Wiley, Anne, Renee, and Patty like to hang out at a bar in Hodgkins, Illinois. Wiley says that at the bar, both Anne and Patty fell for married men, and that they both became pregnant. Now, you see, in those days, abortion was illegal in Illinois. This led some Chicago-area women to the Gary Indiana home of Helen and Frank Largo, where they could get a bathroom abortion. According to Wiley, Largo is also operating a floating abortion clinic in a houseboat on the waters of Lake Michigan. Wiley believes that Ann and Patty both arranged to have procedures done on houseboat abortion crews the day they disappeared, July 2, 1966. Wiley also believes that something went wrong with at least one procedure, leading to the murders of the other women to avoid witnesses. According to Wiley, this helps explain why the women didn't take more belongings. They only expect to be gone for 90 minutes. Some more speculation. What about Archie Speck? Speculation. That's right. Speck was convicted of the torture, rape, and murder of eight student nurses between July 13th and 14th, 1966. He is one of the worst serial killers that you can look up. He's, he's a wild guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Google him. Google him. It's It's wild. Speck was in the area of the dunes on July 2nd, and many believe that his murders began before July 13th. Maybe Anne, Patty, and Renee were killed by Speck. Maybe, maybe, maybe. This is a case with a lot of maybes. What really happened to Anne Miller, Patricia Blau, and Renee Brule? Maybe we've said it already, and maybe we'll never know. Maybe the mystery here is no more than the shifting sands of the Indiana dunes. Maybe it swallowed up all three, and all the clues with it.
Welcome back, listeners. That was our research of the Indiana Dunes disappearance. And who? Hey, what happened to these women? I don't know, Art. <laughs> I don't know either, dude. There are just no goddamn clues. Yeah, it's funny that there's so few uh, good leads. Fuck, man, they disappeared. They are gone. Uh, gut gut reaction. I think that they were killed. Gut reaction? This is just another example of why you should never leave your home. <laughs> yeah, don't go outside. These things won't happen. <laughs> don't uh, have friends. Don't ever talk to any other people. None of this stuff would have happened. It's the way I live my life. Yeah. And look, look at, at you. Me. Look at me. Um. Yeah, I think, I think they were killed. Yeah. It just, I think they were killed. And... I wrote some stuff down, but I'm now that I'm I've read the research again a second time. I don't know. I mean, these syndicate people starting to look pretty sus, don't you think? Yeah, the Silas Jane is a notorious criminal. You've got somebody with a crime history, obviously a uh, a bit of a psychopath or a bad person. You know, we mentioned in the research that George Jane was convicted of tax fraud. And Silas set him up. <laughs> Silas cooperated with the IRS to like get his brother convicted of tax fraud. He, I mean, you've got an employee of his convicted for murder. Yeah. Yeah. Three boys. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Teen boys. Yeah. Now convicted of murder. At the time, it went unsolved initially. Oh. The three boys at the time of the murder were sort of like these three women. They disappeared. And nobody knew what happened to them. And then they found the bodies. And eventually it's like years later working on some unrelated thing. Police got a tip that this Kenneth Hansen guy was the murderer. And that's that's how they ended up catching him and convicting him. I mean, you got to think. Why, I mean, if they were running away, why would they leave behind all that stuff? Why wouldn't you take mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. This is 1966 or whatever. You know, it's no one's going to track your stuff. Yeah. I think some of the speculation is that they left this stuff behind to make it seem like they disappeared. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to seem more suspicious so that people wouldn't. Just assume that they were they ran off because if they took all their stuff, it's like, oh, well, obviously they must have ran off. I mean, people do crazy shit all the time, you know. It's, sure. People, are, oh, they'd never leave their horses behind. It's like, well, given enough pressure, you might. Yeah. Um, You would think after some time they would maybe come out and say like, hey, we ran away. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it sort of seems like if they're still alive, which I don't, there's no reason to suspect that they wouldn't be alive. Yeah, if they I were mean, like 20 they'd years be in their, old. They'd be in their 70s. Yeah. Right now. I mean, so it's not like they're incredibly elderly. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so I kind of feel like Art, they'd be in their 80s. Let's see. If they, they were, were 21... In 1966. Uh, I guess that's closer to 1970. You'd be born 1945. You'd turn 80 in 2025. Uh. Would they be in their 70s? That's what I said. Checkmate 80s. What'd you say? I said they'd be in their 70s. Oh, okay. Then you tried to tell me they'd be be 80. They're close to 80. 
I mean, yeah, they're close closer enough. to it than they're far they're away. They're close enough. We're but both po- right. But the point, <laughs> yeah, we were both right. The point is, they're not so old that you just have to assume right. that they're dead by now. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, do you really think if Silas Jane's away, dead? He's been dead for a while. If he's dead, there's nothing to hide from. Right. What What's would there still to hide be? From? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. I you mean, can get abortions now. There's nothing to hide from. Yeah, he died years ago. Yeah. And he's dead too. So it's like there's nothing for them to hide from. Right. Other than just keeping up the lie. Yeah. Maybe they left and they started some new family and it's like, oh shit, like, you know. Yeah. Just, this is my life now. This is who I am. Yeah. You know? Like mm. if you started some new life and you're just like, well... I'm Randy now. That's who I am. That's yeah. who I am now. I'm Randy. I'm Randy. No longer Andy. Do I make you Randy, baby? <laughs> there it is. Uh, but the horse stuff. I mean, you've got... They frequented a place... Hear me out here, Andy. Okay. They frequented a place where a fucking car bomb killed someone. If you frequented a place where a car bomb killed someone who worked there, don't you think you maybe would think about not frequenting that place anymore? <laughs> yeah. Like, although maybe the damage was done by then. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe they were, maybe they saw it and they, you know, that's the speculation. There's no, there's no real evidence that says, by the way, the name of the employee that, that was killed, her name is Cheryl Rude. There's no, there's no evidence that How rude. There's no evidence that they saw the bomb being planted in the car in George's car that killed Cheryl Root. But but I mean it just adds more evidence to the fact that they this is like a shady place. This is a place you shouldn't go. Yes. I mean George was not a saint. Yeah. But his business seems on the up and up for the most part. I mean, Silas is a criminal, Jesus right? Christ. But I agree with you like if a car bomb goes off at a place where I go socially, like I'll probably stop going there because even if I never yeah. saw anything, I'd probably be like, mm, that's probably a bad sign. Like if we were doing improv at a theater <laughs> and then like somebody tried to plant a car bomb to kill the owner of the theater, don't you think you'd be like, mm, maybe I'm not going to perform at this maybe theater anymore. I don't need to be, I don't need to be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't just divey because it's a shitty improv place. It's divey because it's a right. sending. There's more. Out. There's more issues here. <laughs> I agree with you. Thank you. Now, I mean, what is there anything though about this riverboat abortion gone wrong? Well, that tickles your, you know, your gooch. <laughs> um, Come on, Andy. Does it tickle your gooch or does it not? Look, I think the possibility of let going, the bunkfuckers know about your gooch. Look, here's what tickles my gooch. It's my middle finger. <laughs> um, you know what? I was, you know what? I was in line. I was at the bank, and there was no one in line. And still, they make you walk through all that rope. That really tickles my gooch. Oh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I guess, I guess it depends on how you feel. The good thing it has me. You know what? I was in line at the grocery store getting my groceries packaged up and they ran out of bags because the plastic bags were banded. And they ran out of paper. I can carry all my groceries loosely. That really tickles my gooch. I look at slaves and lettuce and slosh over fun. I look at slaves and groceries. Yeah, what? <laughs> Go ahead. 
trying to uh, when you're trying to turn left <laughs> and the car in front of you uh, has its brights on or some shit. That's not good. Oh jeez, what a terrible scenario. That sucks. Listeners, let us know what tickles your gooch. Yeah, use the hashtag ticklebagooch. Use the hashtag ticklebagooch. Uh, but don't you think abortion is abortion? Ah, uh, riverboat abortion. All right, so talk about the abortions. The about abortion. The Largos were known to operate a uh, backroom gooch. Gooch. G o o c h is how I always spell it. Okay, that's what I write in official communication. <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, yeah, uh, to the bank and your local congressman, right, to everybody, anybody, all my official correspondence. Um, <laughs> Sincerely, tickle my gooch, Andy. <laughs> to whom it may to whom may tickle my gooch? <laughs> to whom it may tickle my gooch? Um, so the lark- tickle me Elmo, but tickle my gooch. <laughs> that's the one that got banned. Yeah. That was the that original. was the toy we tried to start. Right, yeah, tickle my gooch. <laughs> it's a character. His name is my gooch. He's cute. He's cuddly. I don't get what the problem is. Hasbro, oh, my gooch is so ticklish. <laughs> we did all the voice work for it. Yeah. That's what he's. That's what my gooch sounds like. Those Milton Bradley fucks don't understand our vision. Tickle my gooch would have been ten times bigger than tickle me Elmo. Hey, keep tickling my gooch. <laughs> You could collect yeah, them. Yeah, 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 you could yeah, collect them like Pokemon's or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's like, oh, you got to go. Hey, quit tickling my gooch. Give me back my gooch. I'm not trading you that gooch. That's my gooch. That's my my gooch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that tickles. Doesn't that sound cute? Parents out there, if you want your own, we got so many boxes of Tickle My Gooch dolls. My Gooch is one ticklish bastard. <laughs> These are all the voice lines. This can all be yours for 69 payments of 69 cents. <laughs> it's an affordable monster doll. It's very affordable. He's definitely a monster doll. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is a Use two fingers. He's also slightly Irish. <laughs> If that offends you, I don't give a shit. It's tickle my gooch. The tickling of the Irish. Oh, you've had the pot of gold at the end of your rainbow. Listen, we tried to go to Lucky Charms with this. We tried to go to Crank Yankers to sell this guy off as like a funny Irish character. There's there's my gooch. That's the traditional model. And then there's Mick Gooch, which is the Irish model. McDonald's wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> we tried to get him in Happy Meals, but Gooch toys. Fucking ticklish Irish monster. <laughs> they wouldn't hear of it. So let us know. Let us know if you want some. You want your own tickle my Gooch doll or tickle me, me Gooch. What is it, Mick Gooch? Mick Gooch. Yeah, my Gooch and Mick Gooch. We got boxes of them in the bunker. It didn't work. You know, let us know which you prefer, and we'll send you one. <laughs> So, riverboat abortions. <laughs> a segue I've oh, used yeah. so, so many, many times. times. Yeah. If you had a nickel. Anyway, riverboat abortions. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing, though, Andy. I do you know anything about the Largos? The Largos were known to operate an abortion clinic. I mean, about their personality out of their home. No. Do you? But uh, hear me out. 
The people, I mean, I don't know. I don't, uh, this is all allegedly. This is all for, just to clear my name, this is all alleged. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Largos, okay? Okay. In my mind, the people running riverboat abortions or backroom abortions are two, either two types of people. Like, much like Britney Spears said famously, mm. there's two types of people out there, the ones that can hang with me and the ones that are scared. Right. Mm. They're either really caring, kind-hearted people who believe that women deserve this as a right and they see it as a act of um, civil disobedience, like breaking an unjust law, right? That abortion should not be illegal. This is something that these people need or they're crooks taking advantage, right? Like either they're like these resistance fighter type people. What do you think about this? Or they're people who believe or, or, you know, they're, they're preying on desperate women. What do you think? Because the, the theory is that, Something went wrong with the abortion. Yeah. They had killed all the women to cover it up. Because, you know, what do you, you know, you can't let, they didn't want people to know about their business. Right. That leads me to believe that they're either total crooks taking advantage of people. Oh, people need a, you will make it go away. But, you know, then it's like, oh, I know about your dirty little secret sort of thing. I've got dirt on you. Or they're really kind, caring people who just believe that this is a right that people deserve. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me what you think about that. Uh, I think that's a pretty, that's a logical assessment, I think. Thank you. Um, I don't know anything about the Largos personally. I don't either. They did operate a clinic at their home uh, where people could get abortions. Um, the Riverboat Abortion Clinic, though, is speculation. Just speculation. Uh, Dick Wiley Believes that it existed. And again, are you but, sure his name isn't Dick Willie? <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you're not pronouncing it wrong? Uh, maybe. I think we should call him Dick Willie from now on. Okay. So Dick Willie, uh, <laughs> Dick Willie is one of the few people that's really like proposing that that the Largos had a riverboat, had a had an abortion cruise in I mean, Lake Michigan because it just doesn't make sense to do that. You had a place at your home. Why would you need? Yeah, I don't know. Why, why would, would you, you make it harder on yourself? Yeah, why why increase the difficulty? I guess you can just dump the stuff in the water. I guess. And the fish will eat it. I guess. I don't know. I like I I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know what would be why there would be any benefit. I don't know how they're doing the abortion either. Cuz this some of the speculation with that whole thing is that the guy that picked them up in the boat matches a description of like the nephew or son of the Largos. But, I mean, it's like the description's not super detailed, right? Of the yeah, guy. He had wavy hair. It's Dark like, wavy hair be, wearing a beach jacket. It could be yeah. anybody. Could have been you. Could have been. It was me. Wait. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right, Andy. I love boats and I have dark wavy hair. And I was alive in 1966. <laughs> oh, God. It's art. <laughs> um. Well, let's talk about what we do know. Like, they got on a boat, right? Yeah. Like, you, we're, we're pretty convinced they got on a boat. Yeah. Everybody pretty much believes that. We've seen well, it in the home video porno footage. Svetik is maybe the only person who doesn't necessarily believe that they got on a boat. But, yeah. like, everybody, for the most part, seems to agree that they got on at least one boat that day. Yeah. I mean, you saw, like, the... Footage showed like three women with their exact bathing suits, which mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. 1966 things. I don't 
I mean, I don't know. Maybe things were, but were bathing suits being as mass produced as they are today? Probably. Okay. Because I was trying to like make an assumption that like maybe they had unique bathing suits because everyone's kind of getting their bathing suit in some different place. Well, I think it's the thing too of like the fact that there were three people together all with bathing suits that match, match like yeah. the general description of the bathing suits that they were wearing. It's like, what are the odds that... And the three different people would also pick the exact same configuration. Right. You know? So I think it's, I think it's, I think it seems likely that they got on a boat. And then you have Silas with this, you know, insurance claim about his boat blowing up. Yeah. Now that's that, kind of shady. The Ed Neffold thing that, that, that the insurance claim is also one of those that's like speculation that that's yeah. a rumor that he filed a claim, but I don't know that anybody's ever proven that definitively that that happened, but that's is that public knowledge when you file an insurance claim. No, I don't, I don't no, think, I don't think so. it is. Yeah. yeah. It's between you and your insurance company. Uh, but they'd have to subpoena the insurance company and get it to make it public record. But he, uh, the guy Neffold was was definitely an associate of Silas Jane, right? Because he he met people who he was like helping set up hitmen to kill George Jane, like that's like so he was doing this on behalf of Silas. This all took place like in areas that have, it's crazy. I've been to all the areas described. Yes, like I (laughs) near where you grew up. Yeah, I was around Park Ridge, and I've been to Buffalo, New Buffalo, and I've been to Michigan City, and I've been to the beaches there. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's weird it's to hear about. Home for you. It's so close to home. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh... So I don't know. I mean, it seems, I, I feel like to me, Silas Jane seems the most likely suspect. Yeah. Like the whole Neffled thing. I don't know if you, if that's, if you can point the finger at him necessarily, but it feels like, I mean, Silas Jane had enough underworld connections. Yeah. Because his stable was also, like, a popular place for the... He was not, like, in the mafia, but it was a popular place for mafia guys to go and ride horses and play cowboy. As they do. Yeah. Yeah. As they did? Yeah, they did. That's Well, that's at least what he says, you know, that, like, mafia guys came out there and played cowboy dress up. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, who knows? I mean, the fact that he said that he had three bodies buried someplace and the police were just like, okay... I mean, like, like he, he said, said a lot of stuff yeah. over the course of his life. Right. It's, it's like, so you know, at a certain, certain point, you're just like, can we even take this guy seriously anymore? Right. But, uh, I mean, you know, we, we can't know their deaths. So we can't know what they would talk about or what they did at those sports writing tables. Right. Maybe they knew something else and Silas had been planning this for a while. Maybe they were... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe they were like, maybe this was a trick for to for Silas to get at George. Like he's just gonna start killing people who go to George's stables to try and get George's shit shut down or something, or get people right. to be scared of his stables. Right. We don't know. That guy's a fucking nut. Like it's like maybe it's, maybe it's the same thing as the like teenage boys that that disappeared that. You know, it's, it's just somebody, somebody that works for Silas and maybe worked for George too, and like pulled this, did this thing without their knowledge, and then they just helped cover it up or whatever. I mean, who knows? That's the mystery. 
Well, I don't know, Andy. I don't know if you got a verdict in mind or what. Um, this is a tough one to have a verdict on. I got to be honest. Very tough. Um, but it's a good thing that we have this plausibility spectrum. That's right. The bunker scale. Um, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I think we can get to the verdicts. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down in a few different ways and just kind of go like like was it natural? Did they leave voluntarily? Did they run away? Mm. Or was foul play involved? Mm-hmm. And I'll give a verdict on each. Yeah. Uh, so and when I say it's it was something natural, it's like they drowned. There was a boating accident, just a natural boating accident. Uh, did they get uh, swallowed up by the Indiana Dunes? Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened recently, where a boy got uh, like fell into a pit in the dunes, and the sands just like filled in. Jesus, it can happen fast uh, in these shifting sands. Um, so for the natural stuff, I just gotta give it. I'm gonna give it plausible minus. Um, okay, just because I don't know. Nobody else seems super convinced that that's what happened. Yeah, except for Svetic. And they never, if they drowned, surely their bodies would have showed up somewhere. 100%. Uh, eventually. Because they couldn't have gotten so far out in the lake that they would have just disappeared forever. Right. You know? Um, and if it was a boating accident, yeah, I agree. Probably somebody would have reported a missing boat or whatever. The debris that they found, who knows? I mean, that's the thing is they never found a good way to link it to anything. Right. So I'm just going plausible minus. Uh, did they run away? Um I'm going to say plausible minus minus. Ooh. Uh, which I don't even know if that's on the scale. It is on the scale. Okay. But I'm going to say plausible minus minus because I think you said it, Art. They would have brought more stuff. I don't think they would have just ditched all their stuff and hopped on a boat just to run $55 away. $55 in checks? Come on. Yeah. That's big money. That's spending money, baby. Um, so I, I don't know. I just don't feel like I don't feel like they would have left so much behind. And it was so easy to run away back then. Yeah, you could just disappear. You just disappear. You just take a bus to some other place, and yeah. if you obscured your face, probably nobody would know that it was you, and then you show up somewhere else and just start a new life. Yeah. Go to the, do what uh, Frank Abagnale did. Go to the mm-hmm. the town hall of records, wherever you show up, find an infant that died, steal the infant's social security number, and just start living your life as that infant. And then have Leonardo DiCaprio play you in a movie. Yeah. That I really enjoy. I thought it was a decent movie, it's too. It's a good movie. I uh, I met Frank Abagnale. That's right. You did. Yeah. He's a uh, check fraud expert. Yeah. I mean, Frank Abagnale is actually very cool because he is one of the very few criminals that was so good at being a criminal that the FBI said, we're going to hire you. <laughs> we're not going to send you to jail. We're going to hire you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you're so good that we need you to help us. <laughs> yeah. And he makes uh the Uniball 207 is his idea. It's fast drying ink, so it's supposed to help prevent check fraud. It is a great pen. It writes so smoothly. It's a great pen. I love it for all things. It's a great pen. Great pen. And here's the thing though, with all great pens, people want to steal your pens. Uh, Don't you hate that when pen people thieves. steal your pens? Yeah. So you got to harbor those Uniball 20 whatever's. Yeah. Keep keep those close keep to your them chest. Close. Don't loan them out. Yeah, because people will take them. They will. They'll never bring them back. Um, so foul play, plausible plus. What does foul play mean? That they were murdered or abducted or okay. 
that there was some some element of uh, mal intent by another actor on these three. Uh, I think that um, I think that uh, I don't think it was for the abortion. I'm going plausible minus on the abortion too. I really think plausible plus that they were murdered. Uh, I think that it was probably connected to Silas Jane, some kind of some kind of horse thing. Uh, they saw something, they knew something, they got too close Syndicate to the truth. Horses. And Silas Jane is just a straight up psychopath. Yeah. Uh, so that's my verdict. Okay, a solid verdict from Andy Hart. Thank you. Heard you. It. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, hasn't been often. It feels as of late, mm-hmm. but we're lining up on this one. Really? Oh, yeah. We're going to go the same? But I'm going a little harder than you. Okay, as usual. Plausible minus minus that they ran away. I don't think they ran away. Okay, you're not convinced. Plausible smidge, even smaller. Wow. That it was a natural death. Smidge. Smidge. We're getting there. Uh, plausible minus that it was a riverboat abortion gone wrong. Yeah. And plausible plus plus that it was connected plus, to syndicate plus. horses. There it is. Plus, syndicate plus, horses. Yeah. You did everything the same as me, but you did it harder and longer and faster. <laughs> Call me Daft Punk. Yeah. Because I'm harder, better, faster. What is it? Harder. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Da, 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 they don't kill me. Can only make me stronger. Yeah. Daft Punk. Daft Punk. You love Daft Punk. I know. I love those helmets. It's a, the scrolling text that just says, I love hentai. <laughs> you know who you are out there. We got, I have that photo saved on my phone. <laughs> that's, that's actually that guy's uh, profile picture on my phone. <laughs> that him with his face. It's me with glasses that say, I love hentai. Not you. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Our mutual friend. Oh, yeah. You, you never did that. Did you do that too? Mm. I don't think you did that. No, you, have you don't sc- love hentai that You have much. a screenshot of me saying I love hentai. I, I have a screenshot of, of you, a text <clears throat> that you sent that just says, I love hentai. <laughs> uh, it tickles me. Tickles is gooch. Hey, maybe one day you bunk. Hi, 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 hi. God, we gotta, we gotta fucking offload those gooch dolls. So many gooch dolls. <laughs> God damn, we have made some bad business decisions. Yeah. But hey, Funk Funkers. A completely furless monster. <laughs> just with such, we got such accurate fleshy feel. No, he's got a lot of hair up top and a lot of hair in the, like his legs. Yeah. But everywhere else, very it's bare. Very bare. Barren. Yeah. Uh, Bunk Funkers, did we make a bad business decision with our uh, verdicts? Oh, let us know. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Uh, tell us what you think. Use the hashtag. Um, Hank Horsehill. <laughs> Use the hashtag Hank Horsehill. <laughs> uh, and let us know what you think about the Indiana. The real Triple H. Yeah, the real Triple H. <laughs> get fucked, Hunter Hearst Hemsley. <laughs> It's Hank Horsehill. Hank Horsehill. Uh, let us know what you think. Use that hashtag and tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Email us your thoughts about anything. Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. We've received quite a few really great emails and we yeah. respond to all of them. Yes. Thank you for the emails. We love reading them. We love chatting with you. Keep it up. That's right. And um, we love tweeting with you. We love tweeting with you. 
Uh, what, what am I? Oh, YouTube. Uh, look us up on YouTube. Search for Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy and subscribe. Um, hey, maybe that channel will see some activity <laughs> soon. <laughs> wink, 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 or sell. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, that's all the social media, I think. That's it. So, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Bunker. Get at us. Get at us. Uh, Andy. What do you think about running away? Um, think you'd be good at it? No, I I tried to run away once when I was a kid. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, I lived in a rural area, and I got into this field next to my house. And wow! I, I didn't make it more than like half a mile away from home. <laughs> What did you run away? I don't know. You know, as a kid, you're just like, ah, I'm going to run away. I'm going to run away. Yeah. And I got out there and I was like, this is hard. (laughs) Holy shit. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. So I went home. You had no survival skills. Oh, no. So, you know, if I was dropped in the middle of a desert island, I'd die for sure. (laughs) I don't know about that. Come on. No. Almost instantly. You really think you would die instantly? Instantly. Just as soon as it was practicable, I would die. (laughs) I don't know. I think you'd last a little bit longer. Thank you. I've seen Castaway a lot, so I think I could last pretty long. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Andy. If I was to drop my entire life and run away, I think I'd be okay at it because uh, no one remembers who I am anyway. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> no, it, it's very difficult in the modern age, I think, to run away, don't you think? You leave too much behind now. You can't use a credit card. You got to get rid of your cell phone. Buy a burner phone, even that. I mean, you're so you're so linked into the system now that any chance of you running off, um, there's only so much money you can take out of your bank account in one time, and it's like, all right, what are you going to do? You buy, buy a bus ticket, ticket, they're going to know your info. You, you got to give them a name and stuff. It's like, and, even, and even then, people know that you're up to something, right? Because you should take all that money, right? Well, I mean, you didn't make out all that money. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, but I, I think, think that's, that's how I have to do it. You got to break your phone in half. You got to just... I think, I think what, what you have to do is you have to prepare for it. You have to take, like, small bills, okay, small under-20s, because they track anything above 20, I think. Uh, like, like if you, you go, go and try to rob a bank and you ask for only like tens and fives, that's singles, singles. <laughs> that's yeah, how you can, because otherwise they, uh, ink all the other shit or they have security measures for bigger bills. Mm-hmm. Um, things that you could get out of a register. So you'd have to take small amounts of money for like a month. Small amounts, maybe like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that it doesn't look abnormal. Yeah, yeah. stockpile that. Get rid of your phone. They got cameras. I didn't even think about the cameras, Andy. Cameras, yeah. I guess you have to pay for a Greyhound. <laughs> yeah, or I guess you could buy a used car for cash. Yeah, if you bought a used car for cash, and then just I guess drive it as far as you. Can you could maybe stockpile gasoline? <laughs> Drive around with the gas. I suppose you could. Stop at a gas You'd have station. to go to different gas stations. You can't do it routinely, right? You can't be known. Yeah, 
as this guy who comes in every Thursday and gets the gasoline. Guy, the guy filling up a one of those gas tanks you keep at home. Yeah. Every Thursday. Oh, that's the gas guy. There's old gas guy. Just loves gas. Um, yeah, it's fucking hard, man. I don't think I could do it. Um, what are you running from? Myself. Oh, <laughs> the hardest thing to get away from. Uh, no, I'd probably try and run. I don't know. What, what am I running from? I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't think I have nothing to run from. Hmm. I run two, Andy. Mm, interesting fucking, perspective. Fucking charge headfirst. So why do you need to start a new life? What are you running toward? You know what? You know what? Uh, I guess crime. Oh, maybe maybe gonna, I get maybe I get. Uh, you're gonna become a criminal. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go start a life of crime. Run away to become a criminal. Uh, no, like, what if I get framed for something that I didn't do? Oh. That's a big one, huh? Yeah. You think about that? Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah, I got accused of art theft. Stealing the Mona Lisa. <laughs> they framed me. Anyway, uh, I knew I knew somebody who knew somebody okay. in high school whose dad, I think, allegedly <laughs> had a had a different family. Wow, in a different state. Oh, which is like fucking mind boggling to me. Like how you keep that up? Yeah, like your dad started a second family in a s different state, and somehow kept it up for like years. Yeah. Like how that doesn't crumble. You know, I heard um I heard once about a uh a guy who was a long haul truck driver. And so he would be gone for like weeks at a time driving truck and he had like six families or something just because whenever he was going to the whichever area he would go to, he like met a woman, she got pregnant, they had a family. And then he just goes on the road again. Jeez. And then it's like, so every place he goes, he's got like a family That's built in. Fucked up, man. But they don't know anything about each other. I feel like it's easier to fake your identity than it is to run away. Yeah. And not get caught. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Because like yeah. there's that really popular podcast slash show, Dirty John, about that dude who like fakes who he is. And um, I feel like it's easier to trick somebody into like who you are than it is like, cause like how, how is a regular person really going to check, you know? Right. Well, you know, and if you, if you could structure your life in a certain way, like think if you had a, a second family that you were hiding, you know, it's like, you could just do a bunch of stuff on Please, your Please, my wallet doesn't need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like you could set things up so that maybe the person you're married to or whatever, maybe you're not married. Right. You know, especially nowadays. And maybe, Maybe they don't know anything about you, like, in a legal sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, how rare do you see someone's social security number? How rare right. do you... Um, I mean, nobody goes to the bank anymore. Yeah. The only thing you could never... I think it would be hard to buy a house yeah. together because they do a lot of checking on you. Yeah. 
check all your credit. And they but check. maybe you don't buy it together. You don't buy it together. Maybe you buy it by yourself. Buy it by yourself. Say, oh, this is my house. Maybe you rent. Maybe you rent. Um, yeah, a lot easier to uh, to fake your life to somebody than I think to run away. Because I think as soon as you get reported missing, they're going to check your cell phone, you know, places you've last been seen. You could probably do it. Yeah. Still kind of hard. Yeah. Just, yeah, you'd have to buy a used car and just drive. Yeah. But I mean, people have done it. Fucking uh, Whitey Bulger was hanging out in, wasn't he hanging out in like California for like eight years? Yeah. Before they found him or Florida or something? Yeah. If you, if you know how to do it, you can, I mean, you could be, you can, you know, get some. But he has connections, right? Right, He he probably knew a guy who's like, oh, this guy will give me like a car and not tell anybody. That's the thing is like, I have no skills. So if I was trying to disappear or be, be somebody else, even like not even just, but just become somebody else. You're way too recognizable. Yeah, exactly. I got a unique body. But if you grew a beard and shaved your head, you'd look really fucking weird. (laughs) Yeah. And you'd be unrecognizable. I've never seen you with facial hair in the fucking decade I've known you. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it, it work. We can't really have things like that. And also your wife doesn't care for facial hair. Yeah. What much. if I just went off the grid for like a month and came back with a full beard? It would look very weird. And like you said, shave my hair completely off. Yeah. You'd look way different. You start wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, get a bunch of neck tattoos. <laughs> a bunch. A bunch. <laughs> a bunch of bananas. Um, I mean, yeah, people have done it. Maybe maybe I'm thinking it maybe I'm thinking too. Maybe you're not giving yourself enough credit here. Yeah. I've just never done things like that. Like I've never bought a fucking used car. So I wouldn't even know where to go get one. Yeah, or only buys new cars and he buys a new one. Every six months. Well, what else are you supposed to do when it runs out of gas? <laughs> uh, gas is just so expensive. It's just easier to get a new car. Yeah. Uh, I just drive them off the lot and ride into the lake <laughs> and get a new one. Polar plunge. Uh, well, anyway, that was a fun discussion, Andy. I mean, unless you have any, uh, you know, <laughs> more thoughts on how to disappear. No, I think... Uh, I mean, like I said, I don't have any skills, so. Listeners, if you out there know stories about people who have disappeared or have a theory on how to disappear, (laughs) let us know. Share it with us. Um, Tell us about your strangest disappearance. That's right. Um, But anyway, Andy, I think, I don't know, unless you have anything else to say. I think think this is good. Time to wrap it up. Yeah, this feels good. This feels right. So, oh, oh no. Art's face is contorting. Uh, what's up? Anyway, okay, we got it. All right. Hey, Andy, you got anything else to say? Oh, <laughs> what's up? No, no, I'm sorry. Good. I was just racking my brain for a fun word. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Racking I know what's happening. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Finally got let's it. Go, hey, we got to get out of here. All right. So, uh, here we go. It's uh, for the titular Mr. Bunker and for yeah. my. A la mode. <laughs> Co Sandy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Ice cream.
In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't come that on. bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.